It's Mac. Welcome back. Episode 32 of Icebreaker. AJ, how you doing? Doing very well. Thank you very much. We uh, finally, m- more warm weather back after what seems like a week. Now I'm, I'm expecting it just to be warm all the time. We had a week of like normal winter and it's like was the worst thing in the world. Yeah, Winnipeg's known for that, though. You got that little polar vortex that sweeps through and gives you minus 40 degree weather. And then uh, today was what, minus four? Yeah, it was great. So, before we yeah. before we get into it, I just want to say that episode 32 is presented by Fort Gary Brewing Company. That's 130 Laos and Crescent just off of Keniston. And they're the pioneers of craft beer with uh, some great beers available and curbside pickup. If you're going right through them or the liquor store, they're literally everywhere. So uh, check them out, but some some good pints. You mentioned the good weather too, and I saw if you're not listening from Winnipeg, they did they really dye the Forks River Trail pink? Like they is the did. ice really pink out at the Forks? That's pretty cool. Not the not the big one. Yeah, but they have like a separate part of it that is pink, which yeah, it's pretty it's pretty neat. <laughs> and I was there yesterday with all of Winnipeg. Um, skating around but you know what people were really good and they're still minding their their distance and and all that type of thing but I I gotta say I I stopped in at Ikea uh, over the weekend and I have this thing I don't know what's wrong with me but I uh, sometimes I have like a sneeze attack that's not related to any sickness not COVID not allergies it's like the sun hits me the wrong way or something and then I'd sneeze like 15, 20 times in a row and I, I can't stop it. So I was at Ikea and it hit me and I was like, oh no, like <laughs> I'm inside a store. So I'm sneezing. So like one, two, but then all of a sudden I start getting all these weird looks, obviously, right? Obviously. And it won't stop. So I'm like hide. I'm literally like hiding like by the cups like trying not to be spotted and like ducking down, but I just felt so awkward. Do you ever just get tempted to drop it in and be like, sorry, I'm just waiting on my test for something. <laughs> no, like I was something never, like that. <laughs> I would never do that, but it was just, <laughs> I, it was just the most awkward uh, feeling yeah. ever. So it was, it was pretty funny. Um, used to be if you were in a store and you had like a crying baby. That yeah. was what got you all the looks. Now it's a sneeze or two or yeah. 15. Absolutely. It was, it was something, but uh, big news over the weekend too. Hey, Eric, Are you talking about the elders? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh, they were talking about, I mean, Stafford's been wanting to trade for over a week now, but they pulled the trigger on that golf trade really quick. Very. I think I, Matthew Stafford's a great quarterback. We were talking about this. I don't know if it actually made the podcast last week. It might have been after we were done recording. We were going off about our personal respects for Matthew Stafford. I agree with you. I think LA gave up a bundle for Matthew Stafford to play there for what? Maybe a couple of years. Hey, they agreed with us too. <laughs> they, we know something. We know something. Um, I think their offense is going to be something something to deal with. The LA Rams, yeah. yeah and it, 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 it revolves around everybody staying healthy. Stafford had missed some games this season and, and last season missed a lot of games. And Cooper Cup is the same thing, but defense now. 
Yeah, it's it's going to be scary. You know what? Before we move on, I'm just going to go ahead and say that my Manitoba Building Trades hot take is going to be a little bit of a futures here, but I got the Rams winning the Super Bowl next year as my Manitoba Building Trades oh. hot take. And it's not just any project. It's the opportunity yeah. of a lifetime. It's about building something great for Manitoba. And that's why you turn to the talented and craftsmanship of Manitoba's expert trades people. Manitoba Building Trades is Manitoba's unionized construction industry. Productive labor is our business. With over 10,000 skilled trades professionals, we build what others can only imagine. Visit mbtrades.ca and come build with us. What do you think of that? I got to cool off. That's a hot take. You didn't even wait to see where Deshaun Watson landed and you you picked the Rams to win the next Super Bowl. I'd, as you know, these hot takes, we shoot from the hip and I'm not waiting <laughs> I'm not waiting to, to see where he lands. <laughs> where do you think Deshaun Watson's going to go? I have no idea. Maybe the, I have no idea. Maybe the Patriots. Like, I don't know. They need a quarterback. No, nobody knows at this point. Here's my hot take of the week. Uh, Deshaun Watson's going to sign with the Carolina Panthers. Wow. There That's we go. Yeah. Well, maybe we can, maybe that one might even hit sooner than the Super Bowl one. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Mine's a warm take. You've got the really hot take there picking the Rams. I like it. The warm take. Uh, more big sporting news last week was the Western Hockey League announcing the Alberta Division's go-ahead to start their 24-game season, which is exciting not only for those players, but the rest of the league awaiting you know their start to the 24-game season. But, I mean, it's just great to know that the Western Hockey League's back you know, sooner, uh, sooner than later here. Especially when you consider if we wouldn't have been able to get any season off the ground, how that was going to impact these young kids and their entire, you know, potential NHL future, let's call it. There's more on that later in the show with Mitch Peacock. So be sure to tune into that as we dive a little bit deeper into it. Um, Before we get to our new, our new um, segment, we promised last week, I'm curious to know who your Super Bowl Super Bowl winner is. These are going to be lukewarm takes. Uh, yeah, mine's a little lukewarm. I got Tampa by a field goal. Wow. Okay. And I got Tampa know, by a field goal. And you know what? I got Tampa by a last-minute field goal, by a okay. last second ticking off the clock. It's going to be a close game. And it's funny. I've been – I. Just, like it's hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes, right? And count him yeah. out. But for some reason, I think that that I'm gonna go with you and think I think Tom Brady is gonna get it done here again, just to cement his legacy. I think he's gonna do it. I think he's gonna do it. And I sure let's go with a lot. Let's agree. Last minute field goal, tight game. I think it's gonna be a shootout, <laughs> but last minute field goal. Hopefully, Patty Mahomes isn't listening to this because he's going to take that personally. He's going to blow it wide open. But oh, no, yeah. I really do. I think he's maybe home field has some factor into this. Uh, yeah. You know, a lot of pressure on that team on Tampa to, to win it at home. But I think if you're going to have pressure, you're going to have Papa Tom Brady leading the way. And he knows something about pressure. He sure does. So <laughs> that's a pretty good transition into our. Our new segment, which, as promised, is going to be some trivia, where this week I will be asking AJ five questions. And in spirit of the Super Bowl, we're going to go with NFL, but it's going to change uh, depending on 
you know, who's asking the questions and what they want to do. So I'm going to ask AJ five questions, NFL related. Okay. And he's going to test his luck here. We'll call it a win. If he can go four for five, I think, I think that's okay. a pretty, I think that's a win. If these are uh, leaning towards Bengal themed questions, we're going to have a great day. Let's do it. Well, I purposely lean them against the Bengals, so there's nothing to do with them. But uh, let's see how you do here with our uh, first ever trivia. First question. Which two brothers have most recently won the Super Bowl on different teams at the quarterback position? Mm, That has to be the Manning brothers, right? That is correct. Yeah. Start easy. Start easy. One for one. There's a... Third Manning too, right? I keep forgetting about that. Yeah, There's a third there, Manning. there yeah. is. Yeah. He's there not is. coming close. Eli and Peyton. Check. Yeah. Who holds the record for most career NFL touchdown passes? Uh, it went back and forth a little bit, didn't it? It did. I'm guessing Tom Brady. You got it. Oh, yeah. Guy Tom. Yeah, right? I had to. Um, and it, it wasn't until right at the end of the season, too, because Breeze had it for a little while, I think. Yeah. 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 Um, not including touchdown passes, one player scored 31 touchdowns in a single season. Who was it? So this is receiving or rushing, yeah. not passing. Okay. I don't know this answer. But I'm going to guess. Oh no, it couldn't have been him. Okay, is it Christian McCaffrey? No. <laughs> was it Randy Moss? Because that was my first answer. No. Okay, then it doesn't matter. Ladanian Tomlinson. Uh-huh. LT. Yeah. Okay, next question. Who holds the NFL record for most interceptions thrown? Through their whole career. Yes. That's a good question. Is it a lengthy career? Very lengthy career. One yeah. of the one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever do it. <laughs> oh no. Um I've I've narrowed it down in my head to like Brett Favre. That's correct. Gunslinger, right? That's correct. <laughs> Yeah, Yay. no. I, when you really think about it, because I was thinking at first, it was like Manning. No, he didn't throw a lot of picks. Brady, same thing. Breeze, and then you got to remember when you think back, Favre just let her rip most he of the did. time. <laughs> You're three for four. You're okay. three for four. So here's the one to go four for five, and we what go. we're calling a win. Okay. Which team out of the Green Bay Packers, Chicago Bears, Miami Dolphins, and Carolina Panthers? was the last to join the NFL. You said the Bears, the Packers. Was the third team? The Dolphins and the Panthers. Oh, hands down, that's the Panthers. So I just want to say we do have a great episode this week. We're bringing in, you know, Winnipeg Jet, former Winnipeg Jet legend, had a lengthy career. His two sons have been in the media lately you know, stirring up stuff on the ice, which is great. They're good players. They're fun to watch. And they play with, uh, you know, they play with a lot of spunk. And that is... They play with the same spunk their dad played with. This is true. 
this is true. So we have Keith Kachuk on our team or on our team on our show this this week, and that was a fun uh, interview to to do for sure. So that's coming up next. After him is Mitch Peacock talking about the Western Hockey League, the Winnipeg Ice. Make sure to check us out on social media at Icebreaker Show with two W's on all the channels. Uh, we love hearing from you. And without further ado. Uh, Keith Chuck, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess we'll kick things off with your NHL career. And I guess what stands out to you the most about playing in Winnipeg and then also in Arizona, other than the weather? Well, yeah, the weather was a big difference. But no, you know what? I, I didn't know a lot about Winnipeg when I first got drafted and, and obviously getting thrown into the fire a couple years later and getting up there and, and really seeing what's it about. I love the fact that there were passionate fans up there in the old arena. Um, you know, we had some fairly competitive teams and, and to be able to experience the playoffs up there was incredible with the whole whiteout, but I loved it. Um, I really enjoyed my time there. I felt like we had close teams because we did a lot of stuff together. And, you know, besides the weather, it is what it is. It was a great place to play, especially being a younger guy coming into the league and not knowing much. And then you moved with the team to Arizona, obviously a new, uh, new market for them. And uh, what was your experience like there? Well, it was a lot different because, you know, you, you go to, you're playing in Winnipeg where everybody knows you, everybody knows the game of hockey, everybody follows it across Canada. Then you go to a place where it's not really well known and it, it took some time. It took some time, you know, not only to, you know, develop a relationship with the fans off the ice to, to try to build the product and get out there and sell the game and not just be playing on the ice, but just to do all the stuff after practice, going to do meet with some people, doing some different events. So it was a lot of work, but, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun playing there as well. I mean, we've like, once again, we had some decent teams where we played downtown. It was a great atmosphere. It's a little different than it is now with the, you know, the arena being so far away, but, you know, I enjoyed both spots. It was a really, really fun place to play. And I had Randy Carlisle on the show a few weeks back, and I, I just have to ask if you have any uh, fond memories or vivid memories of playing with him. Yeah, I mean, it was just, it was, it was awfully strange to look back. I got to play with a guy who didn't wear a helmet in a game. Like, how insane is that? Like, is it, are you kidding me? Like, it was, he was an unbelievable guy, though. He was a great teammate. Um, he was hard on the young guys, but you know what? He was fair. Um, and the way he practiced with that stick, you know, you couldn't do the rule. You couldn't do that nowadays with the new rules. But even in practice, I'd have a clear shot, and then he'd get into your hands and you fumble the puck. But, you know, he was very helpful both on the ice and off the ice for me, like helped me out with my, you know, different stuff in my apartment if I needed something fixed. You know, typical Canadian, they know how to build and fix everything. So, uh, he was a great guy. It was fun seeing him coach around the league for a long time. He had a heck of a career. Yeah, he, uh, when I asked him, he was a quick witted guy, just like uh, Zinger. So those two together were funny. It was, uh, it was quite, I had him on the show and I asked him about the helmet and he said, oh, it's fine. No brain, no pain. It doesn't matter. He said, in my case, it didn't matter. <laughs> well, nowadays, the way the guys shoot the puck, can you imagine getting hit? You, you're dead. You're done. Like it's, oh. I, it was insane. I don't know. I mean, Jesus, I don't know. Even falling, going into the corner. I mean, you hit your head. It's, I don't know. He's, those guys were amazing that played, you know, the years before I did with no helmets. I don't know how they did it. 
Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine. And and you alluded to it with, with Randy and my dad, but for those of you listening that don't know, my dad used to be the equipment manager of the Winnipeg Jets 1.0. And he tipped me off that that you uh, you used to like to borrow the equipment manager's voice recorder. <laughs> yeah, I did. Well, Zing, your dad was always the guy after every practice would go around. I mean, nobody worked harder than this guy. He would go around and check everybody's stall and he would have a mic, you know, the, the recorder and he'd see like my pants. All right. We need to stitch up Walt's uh, pants before tomorrow. Uh, I'd go over to Solani. All right. We got to, you know, zip up Solani's skates, this and this. So once in a while, when I used to love sitting in the locker room where revenue right walk in the locker room is his desk. So I felt like it was my desk too. Him and Stan Wilson here at a desk and I sat there all the time. So he would get up and go out to do something. And once he got up, I used to steal the recorder and say some pretty bad stuff on there. And he'd be home, sit with you guys around dinner. He'd put it on, he'd hear my voice, he'd quickly shut it off. So we had a little, we had a little fun like that together. And uh, he, he also mentioned that you, you found it really important. Like you played jokes on, on that thing, but you also found it really important wherever you played to, you know, build strong relationships with the equipment staff. So why was that so important to you? Well, it was, I mean, it's just the way I grew up. I mean, I, I hated when guys didn't appreciate or treat people the way they should be, even if they were, you know, these guys are the hardest working guys in the league, you know, we practice, we go home, we play the game, we fly out with, you know, they're good. We fly into places that, you know, 1.30 in the morning, we're going right to the hotel. They're not, they're going on the truck. They're going to the, the, the arena. They're unpacking, putting your stuff up, hanging up so it's dry, getting the wash going. They go back to the hotel, they sleep barely a few hours. And then they're up before all of us and they're at the rink making sure everything's ready. So that meant, meant a lot to me. And, and I love being around those guys and they're funny guys. They're hard workers. And, you know, uh, I, I appreciate them so much. They're great people and they, they deserve way more pay than those guys get because they are the, the lifeline behind an NHL team. Definitely the un, unsung heroes for sure. So interestingly enough, your two sons now play in the NHL, but all three of you were drafted by Canadian teams. And I was wondering what was, uh, what was a better moment for you, your draft day, or watching your sons be drafted into the NHL? Oh, of course, my kids being drafted. I mean, all the hype that goes into it. Like when I got drafted, I never went to the city for the draft. I just got a phone call, and um, you know, it was big back then, but not as quite as you know magnified it is now with the media and the different things and the projections. You just don't know what to expect. But being in there you know, sitting down and seeing the kids get drafted with the grandparents, you know, my wife and, and siblings. It was just an incredible feeling. I mean, anybody, any parent wants to see their kids do so well. And it was just a great moment for them to, to take it all in and be a part of something so big. Uh, I mentioned Canadian teams, but all, all three first rounders as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, Brady has the bragging rights. He, uh, yeah. he, did he go? what he went fourth and uh matthew went sixth and i went 19th you know only in 21 teams back then so that's all right i like it always want your kids to do better than you so i'm happy i'm proud of them and they're in good places where they're doing well and they have great teammates you know things are it's nice and it's nice it's it's you know be playing in canada is something special it's 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 so huge up there, and especially nowadays in this ugly pandemic that we're have the Canadian division, which is which is great for hockey in Canada. 
Yeah, and you mentioned the Canadian basically. You know, you're going to get a Canadian team right to the conference finals. I think it's great. I think it's healthy, and I think that's what the league needs. Absolutely, and just like you said, the Canadian division. So that means Matthew and Brady are going to be seeing an awful lot of each other this year. What's that like for the family? I'm sure they enjoy it, but what for you and yeah. your wife, what's that like? It's fun, but it's stressful. You know what? The last couple times kind of was aggravated because, you know, they they had to play against each other. So it kind of sucked. Like I'm talking their Matthew's line versus Brady's line. So yeah. I'm like, let's, let's Matthew play against some other line and Brady play against. Because now it's like, really? It's now they're competing against each other. It was fun that, uh, you know, they got to do the face-off together. You know, that was incredible. West McCauley, it was, it was just great how they did it, um, you know. Um, I'm trying to think who it was. It was just a great, great feeling to see them play against each other. But it just, it's tough when they're on the ice at the same time. You're just like, oh, really? Come on, coaches, do something. Like, let them, you know, let them do, let them go off in different shifts. I, I mean, I guess that's what happens when they're both, you know, top elite forwards. And I'm sure when they were younger, there might have been some times where there was, you know, some scraps on the uh, street hockey surface or maybe the outdoor rink. We haven't seen uh, the number one yet, but is that something that you're expecting or waiting for? No, no, that'll never happen. But like any kids, like, you know, growing up with your brothers, you guys all close and it's just, you know, they go out there and they're competitive. They play against each other. They want to beat each other. And, you know, the older one picks on the little one until the little one gets bigger than the older one. So it was, it was some trying times. But, you know, they're lucky to have each other. They were so competitive outside. And, you know, it was a lot of fun to be around. But, no, they, they're, they better stay away from each other because they don't have to deal with me and they don't want that. Yeah, no kidding. That's, uh, that's funny. And like you said with my brothers, too, the same thing. So we all, you know, worldwide went through this global kind of lockdown earlier, you know, March into the summer. Did you have the whole family at home? And it must have been the first time if, if it happened that that's been like that in a long time for the extended period yeah. of time. Yeah, you know what? It's, um, you know, there's a little silver lining to this whole pandemic, which is unfortunate, the whole situation the world is in, but at least having them home. They're still on the Kachuk family gift card, living at home. And in the summer, Matthew just actually just bought a house in St. Louis. So he'll be up, but it was good. My wife loved it. Chantel loved it. We had a blast. It was so much fun. We, we made the best out of it. We just, you know, we never got to spend that much time together. And it was important too. you know, the boys haven't seen their sister play field hockey in high school. You know, they got to see her championship game and her winning it. And, uh, we did a lot of family activities like in the, in the front, you know, driveway, we played pickleball, we played basketball. So we had a lot of fun times and um, did a lot together. Got to be able to play some golf when things opened up a little bit, but you know, it was a little sad when they had to go, but you know, uh, you know, they went to go back to play hockey. So that was a little sad, but it was exciting too, because we wanted to get back to work. But uh, Chantel was a little upset because she loved having the boys around. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I saw, I saw a video of them trying to play field hockey and yeah. it wasn't as easy as they thought. Yeah. They, they, it was a little, they used to yell at their sister. She wasn't playing well, but now they know it's really, really tough. And you only shoot one way. It only allows you to shoot righty. So, and they're both lefties on the ice. So it's uh it was a lot tougher. It was funny seeing them try to shoot it and try to handle it. They had a hard time with it, but they figured it out a little bit, but Terran is definitely way better than they are at that. And I, I, before I let you go, I just got to ask, so I know 
you played at Malden Catholic in, in Massachusetts and, and spent, you know, a good chunk of your life around the Boston area. I went to school in Boston for four years, lived there. So I know all about that, but uh, just those days growing up there, what was that like? Well, you know, it's changed a lot since I've been there. I mean, I still go back and have a place in Cape Cod. Um, we spent some summers there like for a month or two and um, it's grown so much. It's really developed and it's, I mean, you know, the traffic there is brutal, but it's a fun place. It's a fun place to grow up, but you know how the East Coast people are. Everything's a rush, 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 and everybody lacks patience, especially compared to where I live now and probably where you live in Winnipeg. It's you know, it's a little more laid back here. So that's why I like living in this area. But it is fun to go back here with, you know, Boston's such a beautiful place on the, you know, right on the ocean there. And you got, you know, it's a big city. It's a, you know, great sports town. But the traffic there is beyond brutal. And that's the one thing I hate every time I go back there. Yeah, I can attest to that. It took an hour and 45 minutes to go six miles and you go to sleep here in the horns. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, People flipping you off and everybody road rage. It's, it's terrible. No such thing as signals. Well, listen, uh, Walt, just want to say thanks for joining the show. And uh, it was a pleasure. Anytime, Matt. Good luck with everything. What a pleasure having Keith Kachuk on the show. I uh, really enjoyed my conversation with him. We're going to switch gears here a little bit. Winnipeg Ice analyst Mitch Peacock is back for some more Western Hockey League and Winnipeg Ice talk before. Before we get going, the Alberta division got the go-ahead on Thursday to start their season, which is exciting for all the other divisions uh, as they await, uh, hopefully, for their start date. Yeah, there's a lot of hockey players talking about uh, the announcement from the Western Hockey League late last week. And I know that uh, fans as well, even though that they won't be allowed to watch the games in person, uh, it gives them something to grab onto, right, uh, when this thing is going to get started, what the format's going to be like. Uh, the way that I understand it, each team will play uh, a home and home each weekend against the same opponent. They'll have five days off between opponents and all of it designed to, along with a number of other protocols to make sure everyone is safe and healthy. But uh, now there's a, not only talk of a 24 game schedule, but we've got a bit of a, a uh, sort of an imprint or a template of what it's going to look like uh, specifically with that central division based in Alberta. Absolutely. And uh, I know this past week you did some uh, writing on, how players were staying ready, how teams were staying ready. If you want to touch a little bit more on that, specifically about the Winnipeg Ice. Yeah, boy, uh, really interesting. You know, we're all trying to find ways to work our way through this pandemic, right? And it's about uh, having some structure and about having support and uh, finding ways to, to make the best of the situation. That's certainly what the Winnipeg Ice have been doing and really doing it uh, all the way back to, uh, you know, a few weeks after the season was shut down back in March of last year. Uh, this is a group that meets on a very regular basis uh, by Zoom, led by head coach James Patrick. Uh, there's a real focus on the get-togethers uh, on some key subject areas, uh, personal health and wellness. Uh, he wants to make sure the players are comfortable from a mental health standpoint. Fitness is very important. Leadership is something they spend a lot of time on. Um, they talked about a number of areas that uh, he thinks are the foundation of good people and good athletes. And uh, the feedback from the coach and uh, the player I talked with, Jake and Smallwood, uh, was very, very positive. They love the chance to get together. Uh, players always talk about being in the dressing room and how great it is. Well, this is their virtual dressing room, and they're really enjoying it. And uh, I think that, you know, it's, it's important on a personal level, an individual level, uh, to have that support, to be around the guys, to talk about the game, uh, to work on yourself, to push yourself the ways that you can in this situation. And, um, I, I think that 
beyond that, uh, there are other levels of support here within the group. They've, they've got a, a group chat where they're always interacting with one another. They've got a private Instagram account that they use to post challenges and compete with one another and, and uh, you know, continue to grow in, in the ways that they're able to during this pandemic. And I, I just thought it was really interesting to, to see the structure that's been put in place, the, the priorities that James Patrick has for the group and how the guys have really taken to it. Jake and Smallwood talking about the, the challenges and they're not supposed to be competitive, but they, they've become competitive and the guys are having a lot of fun with that and, and getting into it with one another. And um, James also talked about individual phone calls with each player on a regular basis so that, you know, if anything comes up, the guys want to talk about in a one-on-one -on -one setting, they're free to do that. They don't have to do it in a group situation. And um, he also talked a lot about his pride in the players for how they're coping in this situation. And that doesn't mean every day is a good day. That doesn't mean that it's easy or that guys haven't had any problems or bumps in the road. But I think his pride is based on the fact that guys are, are open and honest and, and they're doing their best and they're supporting each other and, and they're able to reach out and get some help. So I, I think you know, it was an eye opener for me because I have been in on it, but um, pretty cool uh, to have them pull the curtains back and share it like that and, and just see what they're doing to, to stay with it because um, it's a tough time and yet the level they're involved in is so high. Absolutely. And what struck me was the amount of positivity that, that came from those chats and how you know everyone is staying positive, making the most of the situation. And like you said, the Zoom or or FaceTime or group chats, you know, kind of taken over the world in the in the last year here. And it's it's pretty normal just to to get together like we are right now uh, on yeah. Zoom. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And and I think that that's important is that it, it became normal quick. The guys became okay with it quick. And then it becomes part of a routine. And then, you know, uh, we talked about it earlier about that that dressing room, the place where the players love to hang out. And um, now they've got something to look forward to, you know, on, on a day where uh, they might be just trying to find a way to get through it and, and to find the positives. All of a sudden they know at X o'clock they're getting together in Zoom fashion to chat with the boys and uh, they've got something to get up for, something to look forward to. And uh, it, it means the world to them. Jake and Smallwood was talking about it when I chatted with him last week. Just to, he, he gets pumped up, he gets fired up and just the, the, the thought of being around the guys and, and thinking about playing again down the road. Absolutely. And then later on in the week, you put your your best, I guess, coaching or scouting or uh, whatever you want to call it, hat on and, and tried to, you know, do your best guess of what the 2021 Winnipeg Ice will look like for the 24 game schedule. Yeah, uh, let's just put it this way. I think I'll stay in the broadcast booth because <laughs> uh, you start to think about it and your head spins, uh, even though the ice do have a lot of players coming back. But it's such a big I mean, to. To put a team together, you, know, you talk about scouting, you talk about research for a draft, you talk about getting to know families and picking players, bringing them into camps, you know, getting guys experience in the league, making sure you've got a nice mix on your team of age group and uh, guys at different positions. And uh, a good exercise, I think, to go through, uh, you know, for a broadcaster or a fan or somebody who isn't in those positions because uh, it's so easy to sit back and go, well, what are they thinking? Why has the team got that guy on that line? Or, you know, how do they come up with this group of defensemen? But you put yourself in those shoes and you see what the job's all about. And uh, it's a great group coming back for the Winnipeg Ice. There's no other way to say it. I mean, they'll miss number one goalie, Liam Hughes. They'll miss a steady force on the blue line, like Reese Harsh. And their top scorer, Isaac Johnson, will be a big hole to fill as well. But you get past that. And I know it sounds like a lot because it is. And you see, 
There's a big group of returning forwards. There's a bunch of guys coming back on the blue line. Uh, the goaltending uh, is a question mark in terms of how that will get sorted out. But there's every reason to believe that um, a team that was second last year in the East Division with a pretty young group um, should be pretty strong for this 24-game season as well. And um, yeah, it's a it's a fun process to work through. And let's let's make it easier on you then. Let's talk about a few key players uh, that are looking, you know, a couple of returners and, and one looking to make a full-time spot with uh, Carson Lambos, Connor McLennan, and Connor Geeky. Wow, pretty good players, huh? You start to think about, you know, some of the foundation pieces for the team. And uh, Connor McLennan uh, was just on fire when he got injured last year. I mean, he, he'd taken over the team scoring lead. Uh, he was right up there in the league in terms of scoring. I think he was in the top 15 when he got hurt. First part of January, you, you couldn't stop the guy. And, um, you know, I think that his injury, well, obviously his injury, it, it ended his season. And it really, I think, took a big chunk out of his draft stock. Um, there's a guy, as I said, who's leading a very good team in scoring. And, and when the draft rolls around, uh, he hasn't played since early in the year. And all of a sudden, you're in round six before you hear his name to the Philadelphia Flyers. And Anybody who knows Connor McLennan knows, uh, tell the kid he can't do something and you're going to get an oh yeah. Um, so I think you've got a really good, healthy player who wants to be a leader and who's raring to go and is very proud to be associated with the Philadelphia Flyers. So that's a great player. Um, no, no question about that. Um, you mentioned Carson Lambos. Uh, the hockey world is talking about Carson Lambos. So he, he, he might have been not that well known to uh, say the casual hockey fan, uh, scouts have known about him. Hockey people have known about him for a while, and now everybody is finding out. Even in a pandemic year, um, you know you're seeing his name on on uh, draft projections right near the top of the list. Uh, he's in Finland plying his trade. He continues to gain valuable experience and grow his game. I remember James Patrick telling me that Carson Lambos had an NHL wrist shot when he was 15 years old. Uh, last year, he was a top pairing defenseman on a quality team at 16 years old. Uh, this is a guy who led all rookie defensemen in scoring in the WHL. Uh, and for fans around here, I need to point out also a proud Winnipegger. So uh, that's a that's a really good, good hockey player. It'll be fun to watch. And uh, I guess I set myself up for the third player, Connor Geeky, because when you talk about really good hockey players who are fun to watch, I uh, can't wait to see a six foot four, 190 pound supposedly 16-year-old centerman uh, rolled in and show what he can do in the Western Hockey League on a regular basis. Got a chance to play a little bit in the MJHL this year. Uh, played a little bit last year with the Winnipeg Ice uh, as a winger, basically just to get his feet wet and get exposed to the level. But I, I did a little bit of digging and the consensus is that uh, Connor Geeky is a centerman and I think he's going to get his chance to play center out of the gates with the Winnipeg Ice. And uh, who doesn't want to see uh, the latest pride of Strathclair and the geeky family uh, go to work. Absolutely. And uh, maybe just give us a little bit of a sneak peek of uh, what to expect next week. Well, I uh, got a couple of ideas. Uh, one of them, Mac, is just, uh, you know, we talked about the players and how they're getting together on Zoom and how they're supporting each other on an emotional level and working through some things, uh, some major themes with the coach. And uh, I think that's interesting. But I'm also curious as I think a bit more about these guys and what they're going through is, what are you doing in terms of your actual fitness routine? What are you doing in terms of hockey? Are you in the garage, uh, you know, stick handling? Uh, are you out in the neighborhood rink? 
getting a little bit of work in on the ODR. You know, what what are you doing so that when they say uh, come to town and get ready to play some WHL hockey, you're not feeling like you're miles behind. So I'm going to catch up with a player or two on that front. And uh, I, I've been talking to sources around the division about the various teams. And one of the things I've been talking to them about is um, draft prospects, NHL draft prospects. We've seen some really impressive players in the division in recent times. I look just back to last year. Prince Albert Raiders, for example, had two first-round NHL draft picks, Ozzy Weisblatt and Caden Gooley. So, you know, these are, uh, these are teams that have quality, quality players. And I think it's worth taking a look at some of the players up and coming for the next NHL draft. Of course, Carson Lambos, we talked about it on a Winnipeg front, but um, he's not alone in these divisions. There's some, some quality, and I want to try and dig in on that a little bit. Absolutely. Always a pleasure, Mitch. Uh, thanks. All right. Thanks, Mac. Take care. Well, that'll just about do it for this week. Thanks again for listening. Uh, make sure to check us out on social media at Icebreaker Show with two W's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us wherever podcasts are streamed on the internet. So if you enjoy it, make sure to pass it along to your friends. And we look forward to chatting with you next week. <laughs>